Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the takeout ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings at hundreds of stores, including Doc Martens, Ninja Kitchen, and Hotels.com. Prep for summer and save big on beauty, travel, electronics, and more. It's one of Rakuten's biggest cash back events, and it's on May 6th through May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Five, four, three, two, one. But who's counting, right? His name is Major. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Major Garrett. From the nation's capital. Major, fantastic. It's the takeout. This is a major achievement. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent. Major Garrett, yes, CBS, yes, hi. Major Garrett. Major, that's nonsense, and you should know better. Is Major out of the doghouse? (laughs) The answer is yes. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. It is not that often. Matter of fact, it's never happened on this show, ladies and gentlemen, where I can talk to a member of Congress and we can really dig deep on theology and Taylor Swift. Not necessarily in that order, and don't confuse things. I'm not suggesting adoration for Taylor Swift is approaching religious fervor, though some might argue it does. Who can I talk in Congress about both those subjects at some depth? Well, Greg Landsman is our special guest. Freshman congressman, 1st District of Ohio, that's Cincinnati, and environs just to the north and east. Greg, it's good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. We're at uh, Santa Rosa Taqueria, one of our favorite spots on Capitol Hill. We thank them for their hospitality. It's going to be kind of a Spartan uh, coffee and water occasion today. Not going to eat anything, but the eating here is very, very good. good. Yes, very good. So uh, talk to me about Taylor Swift. You're a Swifty? Yeah. And you uh, are kind of a student of the Taylor Swift phenomenon, are you not? Yeah, I mean, so it's one of the things I share with my daughter. Uh, my daughter is now 13, but we saw our first Taylor Swift concert when in 2019. We went to the Reputation concert, so she would have been, you know, eight or nine. And, you know, it's one of those core memories. And, uh, you know, we like to drive around, run errands, and listen to music. It's not always Taylor Swift, but a lot of times it is Taylor Swift. And, you know, it's something I share with her. Mm-hmm. How would you describe the Taylor Swift phenomenon in America? Is it one of the biggest things ever? Yeah, but it's really remarkable. I mean, they, you know, the economists have studied this, like yes. the impact that she's had. You can, particularly... read, you can read lengthy stories about the Taylor Swift economic impact. It's yeah. a real thing. It's definable. And I think people will obviously focus on the heirs tour and the impact, the billions and billions of dollars that it generated. Uh, and continues to generate. Yeah, correct. Um, uh, and, and, but she's had 10 successful uh, recording albums, which is pretty remarkable for a 33-year-old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, all of them have been bangers. Like, <laughs> she's just an incredible singer-songwriter. And, you know, my... My controversial take yes. on Taylor Swift, because, you know, like there are a lot of uh, conspiracy theories, a lot of things online. There's just a, 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 a big conversation about Taylor Swift and her mm-hmm. music and uh, what she's saying and, and who she's saying it about. Right. My hot take is that, you know, while she is a unique talent and, and, and clearly has done this on her own, that her father plays this outsized role mm-hmm. 
that I think will at some point sort of be more exposed uh, in that, you know, he's, he, 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 he pushes, I think, in a way that, you know, maybe makes her produce a lot more music, but also might not be the healthiest thing for her. Mm-hmm. But, you know, who knows? Might be an over-demanding parent. Yeah, I mean, you know, what I've read is, you know, you, you, and, and, you know for those of us who are Swifties, you, you get pulled into any number of aspects of, of, uh, of her world. And I've just sort of focused, I, I, I'm really intrigued by the relationship she has with her parents. Her mom travels with her and she's a close friend. The dad sort of runs the corporate pieces of it. And it's, it's a huge corporate Mm-hmm. Endeavor, uh, and I think that's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think it has any potential damaging Britney Spears kind of aspect? So that's to it? where that's where I go off the rails a little uh, with my uh, conspiracy theory, which is you know <laughs> you like, own it. You've embraced the idea of it, conspiracy like, theory. I don't know. It's is it a kind of conservatorship? I don't. It's it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I think low key there is a a question here as to whether or not it is an appropriate role the 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 amount of influence and control he has Mm -hmm. do you think that that is reflective of her taylor swift versions i mean the the re-recording of her songs so it is Taylor's version? Uh, yeah, that's part of my conspiracy theory, or the conspiracy theory is that, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, to, uh, you can make a lot more money if you re record your albums. <laughs> I don't know if that was his idea or not, mm-hmm. but, you know, I, I look, I, it's more fun than anything else, though. Did it, you see the Eras Tour concert? No, so. Uh, have you seen the movie? I have not seen the movie. I uh, recommend the movie, by the way, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. I didn't see the concert, but I did because I didn't see and wouldn't be able to see a concert. Went to see the movie. I'm not a Swifty, but I will tell you, as someone who's non Swiftified, I enjoyed the movie. It was a great yeah. concert movie. She's an incredible performer, an incredible singer, songwriter. Um, what. We decided was uh, my daughter could not go uh, this past summer because she was at camp. I wasn't going to go without my daughter. So we got tickets to the uh, Ayers Tour in Indy next year. Hmm. So we'll go. It's on the calendar. Yeah. It's on the calendar. Okay. I think we've probably uh, (laughs) exhausted the Taylor Swift component. Let's get to theology. Sure. Why would I suggest that this particular congressman, Greg Landsman, could do a deep dive on theology? Well, he's got a master's in theology from the Harvard Divinity School. It doesn't make him an expert, but it makes him a student. Yeah. Why did you go to Harvard Divinity School? So it's a great great question. It was right after September 11th. Uh, I mean, a couple of things. One is my faith has always been a big part of my life. I've always been somebody, (laughs) excuse me, who's had a really deep personal relationship with God. I can't remember a day where it wasn't there. Um... And to be able to sort of spend a couple of years immersed in that was appealing to me. And then after September 11th, I wanted, I always wanted to do public service. And the, I, I, I wanted to pursue a, a different kind of training. Most people get their law degree. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't want to be trained the same way everyone else did. I wanted to do public service differently. And, and it was also, you know, clear to me that the next generation of leaders needed to have a better understanding of the role that religion plays in our lives. And so those three things, uh, you know, led me to divinity school. Right, because uh, as has been written about you, uh, in the era right after 9-11, many men of your age went into the military. Yeah. You chose to go to study theology. I thought about the military. You know, I remember going to uh, a a recruitment office, you know, and, and thinking about, uh, you know, that path too. And, and how you know, old were you at the time? I was 25, 26 years old. So, I mean, I was in my mid twenties. I was, I was definitely clear about, you know, what I was going to do. Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to be in public service and, and I wanted to be part of a, 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 a new generation of leaders that understood this much better. And, 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 and I, I, I hope that I can bring, you know, healthy 
important perspectives as we deal with any number of things, including the situation in Israel and Gaza. Quite separate from your life in public service, what did you learn about yourself at Divinity School that surprised you? Wow, that's a really good question. Um, that I really love Scripture. You know, I mean, I my faith was always very personal. Uh, you know, I I was raised Jewish, spent you know time in shul. Not not a lot of time. We weren't you know there every every week. But my religion was very personal, and and uh, and so I wasn't really tied to. Torah, scripture. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that I learned about myself is how much I do love reading Torah. I, I, uh, I studied uh, Hebrew scripture. I studied Christian scripture. I studied the Quran. And I've recently picked those things back up. Uh, and I, 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 I enjoy it. I enjoy reading it. And I enjoy the, the conversations around it, especially mm-hmm. when they're healthy and it's about helping people. Is that something you do on a daily basis? No. Excuse me. No. <clears throat> I'm not one of those folks who picks up the Torah Bible every day, but I come back to it. Or what I, I, I will take on an issue, or I'm thinking about an issue, and as I research it, I'll go and look at any number of things, but I will pull up and, and see what scripture has said right you know or As a potential yeah. reference point. yeah that is the voice of greg landsman our special guest segment two of the takeout coming your way from santa rosa taqueria in just one second achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking what's your secret Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Welcome back to The Takeout. Greg Landsman, 1st District of Ohio, Democratic Congressman, is our guest. Let's continue the conversation about theology and present-day news headlines. You made a reference in segment one that you've gone back to religious texts, I believe, as a result of headlines recently. What have they informed you, and uh, how do you believe they should influence the rest of us as we think about what's playing out, Israel versus Hamas? I think all of us, in times of turmoil, um, look for things that can ground us, that where we can you know, get some clarity and... and I get that through a whole host of things. I want to, you know, it is, it is through conversations with friends, it's constituents, it's my wife, my children. Uh, I, you know, I, I read a lot. Um, I try to read both sides of an argument. Uh, and, 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 and yes, in recent weeks, I've turned to a scripture uh, because this war has been so disorienting. Uh, for so many of us, I mean, just overwhelming. Uh, you know, if you are deeply involved and care about what happens to Israel and Israelis uh, and to Palestinians in Gaza and the West Bank, this has been a really tough, hard uh, few weeks. And gruesome is not too strong a word. No, I, it's been gruesome, especially as it relates to children. Um, I, you know, the, there are two images, I, and I'll, I'll get to your question, I'm sorry. Uh, 
one is of of a of, of a child, a toddler, Abigail, who who finally came home a couple of days ago, a three year old, turned four, while she was being held hostage. You know, her picture was given to me by her uh, great aunt, uh, which is on our wall in the office. Uh, and right next to it is a picture of a toddler who is being pulled out of the rubble in Gaza. And these two images, I think you have to just hold on to because that's our common humanity. And, and it should it should uh, in, 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 uh, get us all to work even harder to end this mm-hmm. uh, and end it in a way where Hamas can't hurt anyone anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I go back to scripture, you, you, you get pulled into, at least I do, the, the, the parts that I think are universal, uh, the, the calls for because we are uh, created in the image of God, mm-hmm. all of us, that there is a, uh, a shared humanity and a commitment that we should all make uh, to one another's humanity mm-hmm. and, and, and to care for one another. And, and I think that has to be something that grounds us as we take, take on these really complicated questions of what do you do mm-hmm. with, with Hamas? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you do uh, uh, with these airstrikes? Uh, uh, what is required of us as it relates to the hostages? I mean, and... You know, it's not the only thing, but it, it you know, it... The, what is a just response? What is correct. proportional? What is retribution? What is the definition of security and safety up against an organization like Hamas, which is very clear about what its intent is? I'm not editorializing by quoting what they say. They say that Israel should not exist. The way that Israel doesn't exist is for it to be eradicated. To eradicate Israel is to eradicate the people who live in Israel. That's not an editorial statement. That's quoting what they say. Yeah. I also think the... And yet, Israeli airstrikes are killing far more people than just Hamas adherents. Yeah. And part of that is because of Hamas. I mean, because Hamas, you know, fights... Not he, they don't they they, they 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 don't do what others typically do, which is to try to move the battlefield away from civilians. They they put the battlefield on top of civilians, and it makes all of it way more complicated and gut wrenching. Um, the the other reason why I think you know religion, faith, and oftentimes scripture helps is in what happens back home, right? So we are not at war. The United States is not at war, but there is this internal strife mm-hmm. that's happening on college campuses, uh, you know, uh, within the Jewish and Muslim communities. Uh, you know, Democratic uh, leaders are are really struggling. Republicans that to 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 find a way forward here that's productive and healthy. And I do think that you know faith helps in that. We have these shared beliefs. We have these shared values. And if we can lean into those as we're mm-hmm. having these conversations and, and, and debates, we will end up in a better place. When you think about the terms anti-Semitism and Islamophobia, do you think they are well understood enough? Or no. Do you think they are thrown around in a way that makes them borderline rhetorical weapons in this conversation? I do not think they are understood well enough. I, I don't think people appreciate how uh, much war and terror has influenced, you know, the, the way in which many people see Muslims in in, in the United States. Um, and like the Quran, for example, there's like almost two hundred references to compassion and mercy versus maybe a dozen uh, that reference vengeance. I mean, it really is about surrendering oneself uh, to achieve peace. Mm -hmm. And that's not something that, you know, we spend time talking about as Americans, but we should. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because it's there in the text. It's there, it's in the text, and it is what, you know, the vast majority of Muslims, and you're talking about, you know, a billion-plus people Mm -hmm. believe uh, and in that sense, it's beautiful, and it's very much in line with Christianity and Judaism. And, and then with anti-Semitism, 
it is it is hard for a lot of folks because uh, although is, Israeli Jews aren't necessarily white uh, or as white as we are, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, we in the United States, and I say we Jewish people in the United States are white, and and it is hard for people I think to reconcile the fact that you can really hate a group uh, that may be white uh, and that anti-Semitism isn't just disliking Jews, but, but what we're seeing now, which is what's happened in the past, where society will take, people in society will take the worst things about a a group Mm -hmm. or about society and ascribe them to Jews. Mm -hmm. And you're seeing that now. Colonizers, occupiers, uh, there was a poster settlers that are exploiters. There was a poster that was put up on uh, graffiti that was put up on our. Uh, it was actually uh, the building across the street or across the alley from our office, but it it's, it, it it suggested said that I was a racist supporter of ethnic cleansing, and because you were Jewish. Well, it's not clear. I mean, I, I think that probably wasn't the intent because I think other members of Congress have been. Uh, you know, uh, have been accused of similar things, but but it really is disproportionately members that are Jewish that are being attacked. Mm-hmm. And having that definitions or that accusation thrown at them or thrown in their face. Yeah, I mean, it's the histories of, you know, it's called blood libel, which has right. been a part of Jewish, the awful part of Jewish history for, for a long time where society sort of turns on Jews after a, a big distortion is, is grabbed onto by a large group of people, you know, and, and the, you know, one of the original ones was the, the, the idea that Jews killed Jesus mm-hmm. and, you know, that, uh, and, and other things and it leading up to the Holocaust were, uh, you know, accusations about Jews being vile and, and being responsible for disease and all of these things. And so, it's not something that most people understand that we don't spend a lot of time teaching. And, and one of the things I think universities will need to do moving forward is not just condemn statements or hold people accountable. Obviously that should be part of it. But if you're a university president and you're a Dean of a college, I think the, the first order of business is to educate people on Islamophobia, on anti-Semitism, for people to really understand the origins and the impact origins and impact. That is the voice of Greg Glansman, our special guest segment three, The Takeout, coming your way in just one moment. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Welcome back to The Takeout, continuing our conversation with Congressman Greg Lansman. I said that we would talk about theology. We're going to do that for a fair amount, not because... He's the only voice or the best voice. He's a voice, but he's a student. He's already established that. Let me run a couple of statistics by you. I'm going to get your comment. In 2022, a Gallup survey found that 81% of Americans believe in God, down from 98% in the 1950s. Under 30, meaning Americans under 30 in that survey, 68% believed in God. 50% believed in God as described in the Bible, 50%. And one-third, only one-third of Gen Zers believed in a God without a doubt, meaning there was no doubt in their mind. And 47% described themselves as members of either a church, synagogue, or mosque. The 
takeaway from this survey was that at no point in American history had we been more secular and less religiously organized or faith-oriented. Do you believe that's true? Well, I suspect. I mean, that's certainly the, the, the data bears that out. Uh, you know, I, I do think well, a couple of things. One is I, faith-based organizations, churches, synagogues, mosques, uh, places of worship can be a wonderful place of community where, uh, where folks have found home. And, and, and in your and, past life, you worked in that space. Yeah. And, and, it, and you know, in, in our synagogue is a big part of our community. Um, I also understand that that's not for everyone. And for me, my faith has always been way more personal than it has been uh, communal or, 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 you know, I have found God or, or, or find moments to talk or think with God on my own. And I think more and more people are, are okay with that. I mean, that, and that, that to me is, is, is totally fine. I mean, I, I don't want to pass judgment on anyone. That, that right. sounded like I was passing judgment. I don't. I, I think that it, people should know that you don't have to go to church or synagogue or, or, or uh, you know, or be you know, committed in that sense to have a really healthy, important relationship with God. And God doesn't have to be what the Bible or anything, any, anyone else says it is. It's, it, it can just be what it is for you. Mm-hmm. And it can be something that sort of, you know, keeps you grounded. And, and it, for me, it's been a source of inspiration, but also an accountability structure. Mm-hmm. And I, it, that, hey, there are these expectations. I mean, the big one, and this, this does come from Scripture for me, which is the, the one time in Scripture where somebody says to God, what do you want us to do? What do you expect of us? Which is Micah, and this is Micah 6, 8. And God replies very directly, do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with God. So, you know, when I get a little bit confused about what I'm supposed to be doing, I go back to that. Mm-hmm. And that is very helpful in terms of being grounded. But that doesn't have to be what grounds other people. I do think it helps. Mm-hmm. I think it helps, especially ha- uh, considering how confusing the world gets, mm-hmm. how unsettling this moment is to have that place of retreat, mm-hmm. you know, uh, place of sanctuary, sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a further analysis of that data to suggest, and this is the way it was written that in terms of belief, behavior, and belonging, Americans have never been farther away from those three things religiously rooted than at any time in American history. Belief, behavior, and belonging. Yeah, and I, I think that Democrats, I'm a Democrat, so let me just right, speak, right. you know, as a Democrat, I think Democrats should be way more vocal about our faith. Because the assumption is, you're the one sort of driving this. Yeah, and I... I well, that's the stereotype. I, look, I, and I, I have a lot of friends who don't uh, believe in God, and, and there are other things in their lives that anchor them mm-hmm. uh, and uh, are that source of inspiration and accountability. I, 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 also, I also believe that you know, folks are looking to the leaders that share their values, mm-hmm. and for a lot of folks, those are Democratic leaders— to say, hey, this is how I've approached faith. This is how I've approached belief and belonging. And, and, and I have found it in this really intense, really very personal, very strong relationship with God. And it has been a wonderful thing for me. Uh, and it's been a wonderful thing for me and my wife and our children. I mean, you know, at the end of every night, you know, part of going to sleep, our bedtime routine involves sitting down and 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 praying which you know there's there's a prayer that we say every night it it has evolved it's our prayer mm-hmm. it's not from uh scripture i mean there are pieces that you know you can find in scripture but it's our prayer that we have sort of developed over time with our wife, our, our 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 kids and it ends with us talking through what we're thankful for uh, in general, what we're thankful for about that day. And it's a really nice way to end the day. And, you know, it, it provides some peace and clarity for, for our kids. 
but we're not indoctrinating them on a specific religious ideology. That's for them to decide. They're both, you know, my daughter was bat mitzvah, my son's about to be bar mitzvah, but ultimately it's their journey. Mm -hmm. But I hope they hold on to this belief, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, and sense of belonging in what binds us. Right, and there has been, for the better part of my career covering national politics, this confrontation over values and which party has deeply yeah. religious values and which party doesn't. And as I indicated a moment ago, in the stereotypical framing, Democrats don't as compared to Republicans. And this has become kind of a bumper sticker in uh, politics. By the, by the way, I think part of the reason that is is the interpretation and I think for some conservatives, they've interpreted or hung on to very, what I would argue uh, to be uh, minor uh, passages. And so, you know, their, their, their religious ideology or the, and their political ideology is, uh, you know, homophobic uh, and, uh, and anti-choice. If you are a, a, a student of scripture, the vast majority of it, both the, the Old Testament and Hebrew Scripture and, and the prophetic tradition and, and Jesus' life, is all about social justice. It is almost entirely about how we take care of one another. Mm -hmm. And those are core democratic values, and I think the more we, we lead with that, the better. And there's also, at least in the teachings of Jesus, a rather harsh assessment of hypocrisy. Correct, one hundred percent, and in a harsh critique uh, of of greed and the accumulation of power and wealth, it's at the heart of his ministry. Was if if he were to see this economy, no matter how much you accumulate in the here and now, if you do so unjustly, you will perish. Correct, both or, body, mind, and soul. It, it, it yes, and there's there's passage after passage after passage. It's easier for. Uh, you know, a camel to go through the eye of a needle than, uh, than a, a, a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I mean, you, it's very clear uh, that this economy that we're living in, where a small number of people have amassed enormous wealth and power at the expense of everyone else, is broken. So do you think that's a misunderstanding of Scripture or a misuse of Scripture Mis on the other side of the aisle? That's a great question. I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Um, I think, you know, you're probably raised to focus on some traditions. You focus on, you know, parts of the Bible. But I, I really do think that most churches spend most of the time talking about the social justice and the shared humanity uh, aspects of, of, of Christianity and, and Jesus' teaching. So I think, it's, I think it's more a misuse. More a misuse. Yeah, I do. Possibly built on some misunderstanding, but also maybe not. Maybe not. I mean, you know, it's hard. You know, perhaps they just they put it aside because it does not comport with their political ideology or what they think should be their political ideology. But the political ideology of Jesus was pretty clear. It was to do as much justice and good as humanly possible. That is the voice of Greg Landsman. Segment four of The Takeout from our host restaurant, Santa Rosa Taqueria, coming your way in just one moment. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery Starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery 
to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to The Takeout. Congressman Greg Glansman, 1st District of Ohio, Democrat, freshman, is our guest. Let me run a couple of stats uh, from a recent poll by you from the University of Virginia. 70% of self-described Biden supporters and 68% of self-described Trump supporters said electing officials from the opposite party would result in lasting harm to the United States, meaning almost two-thirds of adherents of the president of the United States and the former president of the United States believe electing someone from the opposite party would do lasting harm to the United States. What does that tell you about the psyche of American politics right now? That we have a problem. Uh, and a How lot would of you it- put that problem into words? <laughs> Easy question. Yeah, so the, the, the overwhelming word is division. Mm-hmm. You have politicians on both sides who use very divisive rhetoric. Um, and that divisive rhetoric gets more attention than those of us who use unifying rhetoric and who talk about solving problems and doing so together in a bipartisan way. Uh, it's a lot less exciting of a news story. Uh, the, 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 the controversy, the conflict... The division is is uh, easier to cover in some ways. But there's also the division in terms of where we're getting our information, which is a huge part of the problem. We are in these media, uh, media ecos- bubbles, mm-hmm. And so we hear, you know, the worst of, of the opposition. Mm-hmm. Uh, in our, and come to believe. And come to believe. And I think we have to... One work to sort of break up that uh, uh, the, the the current media uh, situation where people are in a small bubble getting information from only one or two places, and those places are highly political. But we also have to train ourselves to reject the, the caricature of the opposition mm-hmm. uh, of the other, mm-hmm. you know, and spend more time out in community with them so that our reality is based on reality. Uh, to uh, mangle the grammar, because I are one, <laughs> meaning in the media, yeah. let's get uh, definitionally precise. Uh, TV, radio, social media, platforms, what are we talking about? I think it's, I think it's cable TV. I think it's cable news uh, and, and social media. I mean, the algorithm... You know, is uh, on all of these platforms is such that you you end up getting pulled into your point of view. Yeah, and the you, the brain science is tied to the bottom line. So you rarely you get the, ref, the the dopamine response. You get the brain response, which triggers more watching, which is the part that runs the cash register for the platforms. You yes, it's right. So that that has to be addressed, in my opinion. How? I mean, Congress has to be serious about regulating. Uh, what's happening on these platforms, and 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 so far you haven't seen very you know serious uh, reforms, but it, it is problematic in terms of our politics. It's problematic in terms of our children, and so moderating what's happening on online, uh, you know, we're going to have to until those changes are made. And even when they are made, we're still going to have to be intentional. Do you have some family guidelines for? Portable yeah, phone we, use we do. and platforms and things? There's only amount, a, a certain amount of time. Uh, but the one thing, you know, because it's, we want them to spend more of their time in the world, not online. Uh, but, you know, we have kept them away from uh, TikTok and Instagram. The YouTube... Uh, Reels is something they still watch, and, and, and I'm not sure that algorithm is that much better. It's not mm-hmm. clear. But I, I've tried to say to them, you know, go find, you know, intentionally go look for things that you may not agree with to learn mm-hmm. so that it, it's part of the algorithm. And as adults, we have to do that. Right. But that's very hard. The, 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 the cable news thing is, is a big piece of this because if you only watch Fox or you only watch MSNBC, you're going to have a, in my opinion, 
uh, an unbalanced mm-hmm. perspective of what's happening in the world and of the other. You'll think that there are four stories in America. Yeah. I mean, different I, stories entirely, but just four. And I'm not just saying this because you're sitting in front of me. I do think that network TV is different. We you try know, to be different, yeah, I guarantee you. It, it, is, it, is, it is still very different. And so those who watch network TV and the local news, I tend to have really, you know, um, uh, good, healthy conversations. And, and, it, it, and it's not overly political. So when I asked you that first question uh, about the poll and the Biden and Trump supporters, you leaned on a word that is a, a useful word, division. But I wonder if it's the best word. Because I've, as I've said, been covering national politics since 1990. I'm accustomed to people being divided in opinions and divided in political party and orientation, geography and things like that. I think there is something much deeper going on that is much closer to alienation than division. And it's reflected in this statistic, again, from a poll done by the University of Virginia Center of Politics. Same poll, October 2023. 41% of Biden supporters said the following, and 38% of Trump supporters said the following, quote, they at least somewhat believed that the other side has become so extreme that it is acceptable to use violence to prevent the other side from achieving their goals. So that's more than a third of self-identified Biden and Trump supporters at least somewhat believed that the other side was so extreme that it was acceptable to use violence to deny them pursuit of their political goals. What does that tell you? That we have a lot of work to do and that those of us who represent the vast majority of Americans who I believe are still in the middle have to be more vocal, have to be uh, more intentional about, you know, a, a different kind of messaging uh, and to continue to f- try to marginalize these divisive, uh, dangerous voices. Um, I, let me take it back to divinity school and, mm-hmm. and, and what I studied. And I studied the role that religion plays in our lives. And, and my master's thesis was on, <laughs> a weird start to a sentence, but it was on the role that religion can play in, in bringing white and black people together uh, 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 around changing the way in which we see one another and understand one another's realities. Uh, because there is a big you know, racial di- division in the United States. And, and you, white churches and black churches, synagogues and mosques can, can, can bring their congregations together and build relationships in a way that helps people really understand one another's realities where all of a sudden we're working together. And maybe that is going to be part of the solution here, which is to take a conservative congregation and a more liberal or progressive congregation uh, and start having uh, these meetups where people are coming together to spend legitimate quality time with one another offline, you know, not watching cable news and starting to understand one another's realities, at which point you will see a major difference. And I think we do have to push for that. Voice of Greg Landsman, Congressman from the 1st District of Ohio. That's Cincinnati, a little bit area north. Democrat, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks so much. Stay tuned for your takeout outtake especial. That'll be next. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Welcome to your takeout outtake especial. Santa Rosa Taqueria is our host restaurant. We're not indulging in lunch. I know it's a little Spartan. We're not going to necessarily apologize for that, but that is no editorial comment on the food here. The food here is great. We are thankful to them as ever for being our host. Greg Landsman, Congressman from the 1st District of Ohio, is our guest. This is the fun and game segment of our program, so no more tough theology questions. Um, we only have three questions that we try to put to every guest on the show, and I'll give them to you and take them whichever order you prefer. You may have been briefed on these, but if not, you'll enjoy them anyway. Uh, most influential book in your life and why, and I really want to hear the answer to that, and there can be several answers, meaning more than one book. Uh, all-time favorite movie, and uh, if you're on a long flight or a long drive and you're going to really enjoy some music, and uh, you can say Taylor Swift, but there's anything else, say this, music that you are going to really enjoy, what would it be, artist or genre? All right, so let me start with the last one. Uh, the, uh, I'm a huge fan of the Lumineers, and I can listen to the Lumineers on a long a flight, long First drive. Lumineers reference in nearly eight years. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it's incredible. And if, if you have not seen a Lumineers concert, it's it's a it's it's really wonderful. Um, and you know, the most influential book oftentimes is the last book I read. Right. So. Look, I, I just finished of Boys and Men, which is uh, sort of an accounting of the state of males. Masculinity. And, yeah, and it's it's a really sobering book about who wrote it. Uh, gosh, I forget the name of the author, um, but it's it's of Boys and Men, and and it's 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 a really important read about how we are failing our our young men, how we are failing the boys in this country. Uh, and in what ways are we failing? Them? I mean, a big piece of it is just educationally and just the way in which education is structured. It, 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 it really, um, because so much of the workforce has changed away from uh, manufacturing uh, jobs that we really aren't training, uh, you know, young people, uh, particularly boys, in a way that's going to help them be successful. Uh, and uh, there's a whole host of other things mm -hmm. that, that I think play out but it's 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 a really important read uh as we try to f solve a whole host of really serious issues in the united states um my favorite movie so i let me just i i'm i'm gonna pick one i have a few that are downloaded on my phone that i come back to and watch all the time that's the best way to think about it lincoln mm -hmm. which is a remarkable story of the passage of the 13th Amendment, mm -hmm. uh, The Martian, which is this incredible story. Uh, it's obviously fictitious uh, of, of somebody who's, who's trapped on Mars and has to get home. And it was sort of crowdsourced. The way in which it was written is a, an amazing story where people just kept providing the author with ideas and different solutions. Uh, and then Silver Lining, uh, Lining's Playbook, yes. which is a remarkable movie, just about redemption and, mm -hmm. and sort of rebuilding and always finding the silver lining in everything. Right. And um, depression and uh, working through yeah. mental trauma, that's a big thematic part of yeah, that movie it's, and it's that story. How you come back and, and who are the people that help. You get back on your feet. Doris Kearns Goodwin has been a guest on this program, and we had a lengthy conversation about Lincoln. I love that movie as well because unusually for movies about political figures, politics is the hero of yeah. that movie. Yeah, and... Not because and, it's always pretty. And shockingly, Congress. <laughs> yes, yes. You know? Uh, I mean, no, it's... And people vote certain ways for venal reasons or whatever, but politics and the means by which you discuss pressure, debate, debate, tempt, and otherwise to achieve a larger goal that will structurally change things for the better such that there's a moment of history that is before that and a moment that's after that is definable. That's what that movie is about, and politics is how that gets done, folks. And a, another good lesson that I come back to a lot from that movie is that there is this uh, pull in politics to do that which is most expedient, that which is easiest, that which you can get people on board the, the fastest, the, you know, how do you solve a problem, uh, a, 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 you know, in, in the least complicated way. The only way 
to end slavery in the United States was to do it the way in which uh, Lincoln and and the House did it, which was to do it right before the war ended, uh, and uh, and 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 to choose that because you could have ended the war without passing the Thirteenth Amendment. Uh, but he knew that it had to be done. And that was the least politically expedient exactly. way to go about it. And that was the most important one. And that is one of the hardest things to do in life or political life, because they're not the same. Understanding the moment, understanding the time, understanding what's possible, even when told it might be impossible to achieve it. And that's what that movie is all about. I am a huge fan as well. You know, I know a lot of people who are huge fans of The Martian. Unusually, because I'm a movie buff, I haven't seen it, so I am going to rededicate myself to checking out Before that Before you watch it, just you just do a quick Google search on how it was written. Okay. Because it's a, it's a great story of community. Uh, this, this, this guy who had a blog, uh, he started writing it. He put the first chapter up there. People started commenting, we really like this. You should continue to keep writing. We would like to help. You could do this. You could do that. And so he kept posting chapter after chapter after chapter. And people kept weighing in. People from all over the country, from various backgrounds. I mean, really serious experts. And what was produced was this re- remarkable uh, story that has some incredible science. Excellent. Yeah. I'm going to check it out and get back to you on that, ladies and gentlemen. So concludes your Takeout Outtake Especial. We'll see you next week. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Jake Rosen, and Ashley Armstrong. CBSN production by Eric Susanen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to takeoutpodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News. If you like The Takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus, starting May 1st. Survivor's back, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist, a new co-host, the winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares. Hi! Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast.